friends. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Fort Worth Roots. This is a podcast for Fort Worthians who love our city and want stories from our community's creators. Do you love Fort Worth? You want to know what's happening in your backyard? Then this podcast was made for you. You can find Fort Worth Roots podcast on all the major platforms that you listen to podcasts on already. Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Ghana, podcast for Google, iTunes, uh, for you iPhone people. You can also find us on all the social medias and YouTube under Fort Worth Roots. Quick shout out to our friends over at Squad STX Boys Camping. Uh, we did a thing where we wanted to highlight veteran-owned businesses in our backyard, so we reached out to a few, and the first one to get back to us was Squad STX Boys Camping. This is a all-boys, age 10 through 16, 100% outdoor overnight camping, hiking, wilderness skills, land navigation, lasering, excuse me, laser tech missions. No one's getting lasered. Our mission is to equip boys with skills to become confident leaders. Squad STX is an overnight primitive camping, hiking, orienteering, and laser tag course for boys designed by U.S. Army infantry officers as an alternative to Boy Scouts and traditional summer camp. We develop strong leadership skills through squad competitions, time-tested military training methodologies, and situational training exercises. This is the thing that your kids are going to remember for the rest of their lives. If you'll look back on some of your fondest memories, I'm sure some of those involve uh, camping and uh, doing stuff in, the, in, in nature. So uh, don't say you're going to do this later. Go check it out right now. SquadSTX.com. They have limited spaces available, um, and they have two packages that you can choose from. You can find all that by going to the website, SquadSTX.com. River Oak Spring Fest Car Show. This is going to be on Saturday, April 30th, uh, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the beautiful YMCA Camp Carter at 6200 Sand Springs Road, Fort Worth, Texas, 76114. If you didn't get a chance to write that down, it will be in the show notes. Again, that's going to be Saturday, April 30th, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. They're going to have uh, open car show, pop-up vendor market, live music, food truck, zip line, bounce house, and camp tours. I wandered out there, uh, was it last weekend or weekend before? And this place is beautiful. Um, it doesn't look like it gets the amount of traffic that it deserves. Um, so they're trying to bring awareness to this place and get more people out there to kind of Check it out and see how it could fit into their organization or events that you might have coming up in the future. Uh, if nothing else, you got to go out there for the Oscar Mayer Wiener Mobile. Apparently, that's going to be out there and that's going to be cool, but there's going to be tons of reasons uh, to go check this place out. Bring the family and mark it on the calendar April 30th. Uh, that's a Saturday and it's, uh, it's located in River Oaks, but make sure that you follow the address because it is kind of tucked back behind a bunch of stuff. It'd be hard to just kind of drive by and find it. So use the address. If this is your first time checking out Fort Worth Roots or if you've listened to every one of the episodes, thank you for being here. Every time you stream even a single episode, it helps Fort Worth Roots podcast. It, it uh, delivers better results on the analytics so that uh, more people are, are able to find us uh, easily. And as a side note, you guys don't owe me anything. I do this because I enjoy it. It is something that I am truly passionate about. And more so, each and every single episode that we release, this has just become a, a part of who I am. I love doing this. I love meeting these people. Uh, I'm, I'm humbled every time we have any of our amazing guests come on the show and, and grace us with a little bit of their time. This is truly a passion project. With that being said, if you'd like to help out the show, one way that you can do it and not spend any money or any time is just by pulling up your social media app, whichever one you like. If you use all of them, pull them up and uh, find us on either Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, um, or YouTube. And give us a like. Follow us. 
Um, every time you do something like that, it just helps people find us. The more traffic we get towards Fort Worth Roots podcast, um, the higher we get in the analytics and people are just more likely to, to find the show and get an opportunity to listen to it. Our guest today is a Navy veteran, a soul searcher, and he's the one putting on the April 15th event at Maine at Southside. Check out Psychedelic Panther, April 15th through the 17th, Maine at Southside. They're going to have 29 bands on two stages. There's going to be food and art vendors there. Apuk the Destroyer is flying in a member from uh, Serbia on behalf of Matthew Broyles. Uh, I guess that we've had on the show twice now already, but he apparently is flying in an old bandmate from a band that they used to be a part of, and uh, this is going to be a reunion get-together for Apuk the Destroyer. I'll try to include that in the show notes, but this is going to be a huge event. Our guest today has put in so much time trying to make sure that this event is going to be a huge success. Like I said, 29 bands on two stages. This is a three-day event, April 15th through the 17th. Psychedelic Panther, Maine at Southside. Already, I'm looking at their Facebook uh, group information or event information. I'm recording this intro on the 30th of March, and already they've got 262 people that have responded and are either interested or going to the event. Maine at Southside is located at 1002 South Main Street in Fort Worth. Give it up for the lead guitarist and frontman for the Fort Worth, Texas-based band Flow State, our new friend and uh, maybe spiritual advisor, Joe Guzman. Let's start the show. This, this happened pretty quickly. Um, you reached out to me and we were able to sit down a couple days later, but uh, just started listening to your music this morning and uh, I haven't heard a sound like that coming out of the, the musicians, at least, that we've interviewed. So it's uh, unique as far as I'm concerned. That's, uh, that's what we were going for, you know. Um, the vision the whole time was to ad- adopt modernity and, and new sounds and, mm-hmm. you know, and a new way of, of, of uh, interpreting rock music as mm-hmm. far as flow state goes so you know we're, we're happy that we're able to get close to that vision you know yeah how, how long have y'all been uh flow state flow state actually started in a laundry room okay in 2017 where are we at is this dallas this is actually mid-cities Euless. okay and um both the drummer and i were working crazy hours and the two to three hours that we had in between in our lives we would spend in the laundry room in this uh weird house that was always messy and smelled like garbage <laughs> and so the laundry room was the only place you can get away to to avoid the smells of, right. of this of this really uh unhygienic roommate that he had at the time that would just stack pizza boxes in the kitchen and leave food and and you know wouldn't pick up after their pets you know and just so that 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 was the only place we can get to to that was our safe haven was uh, by by the laundry room, which at least smelled like laundry. Yeah, you know, and so that's where it all started. You know, it was uh, me, a really cheap keyboard and uh, an electronic drum set, mm-hmm. going right into my computer, just recording all of our ideas. And um, we had been in bands before, so thankfully th- that chemistry was there, and we were able to build on that. And so then that progressed into moving the operation into my apartment. And then it progressed into actually live members 
and it took actually from 2017 so so the in, in, in concept it was in concept for about two years before it actually became a reality mm-hmm. you know and then we we continued to develop it from there we actually reached out to uh Rickley. I'm, I didn't say it right. Geoff Rickley. Uh-huh. Jeff Rickley. Okay, there we go. Jeff Rickley. Nailed it. <laughs> Jeff Rickley from um, from Thrice. Okay. I'm, not, no, I'm sorry, from Thursday. Wow. Okay. Big sorry. It's early, yeah. folks. This it's, is it's it's sun, Sunday morning, 10 a.m. I drug this dude out of bed. So, <laughs> so. so we, we reached out uh, to Jeff Rickley from Thursday. God bless his soul. He was kind enough to listen to our earlier stuff and give us some sound advice. Which we tickle Harley, you know, it was um, it was a little bit uh like um like generic advice, like uh I can't find the key of the song here, mm-hmm. you know, things are a little bit too busy, they're competing with competition, so we we sat down and we we restructured it, and this all happened during COVID. Uh, we were about to start playing live, and uh, um, unfortunately, our guitarist at the time had a family tragedy because of COVID, so he. He um, left the band, and we were kind of left again to, Damn. you know, scramble. But we, we picked up uh, Colin, Colin Duffner, the bassist, you know, uh, during that time. So, um, you know, I guess positive and negative, you know. Um, then we moved into rehearsal space, and I started putting us out on Craigslist. Yeah. You know, lo- yeah, got to start somewhere. Lo and behold, we found this wizard of a guy, this reincarnation of Jimi Hendrix who makes us sound the best we can be and his name That's is awesome. Terrence Eason. Okay. You no, know? and so um and and you know he he ran with a vision, you know, no ego, just made our songs better. And so from then we restructured a little bit more and then we we felt comfortable playing our first shows. We continued to write. So even even uh our new stuff that we're about to put out as an EP isn't our newest stuff. So there's more to come. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was looking through your SoundCloud and I saw a bunch of individual tracks, but I oh, I'm seeing I'm seeing it now that uh, I didn't click on the albums tab. How many albums have you guys released? Um, we're we're about to release our first EP as a as a project as a as a as an actual full concept. And okay. That one's going to be called Darkness and Light after the mm-hmm. title track. Nice. Darkness and Light, you know, and uh, Darkness and Light um, is good versus evil. It's uh, the different. Um, positive and negative aspects of life you know and it was also a, a song that was inspired by reading a lot of Stephen king yeah okay i, I read dig the, that yeah i read the all seven books of the gunslinger series okay and through and through and and that was a beautiful illustration of of uh of what that journey is you know so now break it down for me because i I'm, I'm not familiar with the gunslinger so in the gunslinger uh, as a summary um we have the principal figure Roland, who is a interdimensional cowboy, really cool, like some Clint Eastwood, you know, meets Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy Bebop <laughs> meets uh, meets Dune meets you know it's 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 out there. You know, we'll so he's, check this out. So he's an interdimensional cowboy, and <coughs> he's a, a protector of the universe, mm-hmm. and he's chasing this dark figure called the Man in Black. And they're both racing towards the center of the universe where the dark tower is. The dark tower is the pillar that holds everything together, all reality. And so the man in black wants to get there first so he can destroy the tower, blow it up, and and, and 
basically collapse the universe and Roland is there to stop him and to restore the balance. And so, you know, good versus evil, darkness and light. And this is Stephen King? Yes. It sounds kind of off uh, off brand for him, doesn't it? Uh, it? Actually, believe it or not, every book that he's written pays an homage to the Gunslinger series. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. I'm just, I'm just showing my ignorance. Huh? I like Stephen yeah. King a lot, but I'd, I've never heard of this, so I'm going to have to check it out. Is this some of his older work, or is this a new thing he did? This is older, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, either early 80s or late 70s. Okay. See, like, when I when I think about that time frame, I'm thinking, you know, uh, Maximum Overdrive, the, Sh- the Shining, things like that, but that's really cool. I it's right, check that out. right around the time where he, I think, broke his leg in a car accident. Mm. Yeah. So... Probably had some pretty dark times then. Yeah, a lot of extra time inside that scary head of his. And it and it <laughs> and, and it breaks down reality so well, like how there's a, a universe that's expanding and how there's a universe that's inverted. How there's a universe inside of a drop of dew on a blade of grass. You know, it's it's uh it's so crazy. You know, you should you should go to read. Everybody oh. listening, go read some Stephen King. Yeah, I, I gotta yeah. check it out. Um, I'm obsessed with stuff like that. Uh, Stephen King's a great author, but just. You know, uh, letting your mind kind of travel outside the normal uh, thought process and and investigating stuff like that. Because we're, you know, as humans, we, we can only see so far ahead of ourselves and we think that we're so advanced and everything. But there's there's probably a lot more out there that we can't perceive or don't understand. And that kind of sounds like what that highlights there. Exactly. Are you into the James Webb telescope? Are you watching that? Uh, I should be. I should be more. I, Do you I'm know what busy. it is? Um, is that the... Um is that the the infrared telescope they have? Exactly. Out there? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they're uh, they're currently. I think it's got something ridiculous, like twenty eight different individual mirrors that have to align. So it was successful. Had a successful launch. Uh, they deployed it. It unfolded itself in outer space, traveling at ten thousand miles. Or don't quote me on this. Something like seventeen thousand miles an hour. And now they're aligning all the little mirrors to get one image to bounce. From the uh, the light coming in off of the mirrors and into the sensor, right? So it's just this long, awful process. But whenever they get done, uh, it's gonna it's gonna peer into our universe three times further than Hubble ever did using infrared. So uh, anyway, just lately, that's all I've been thinking about. Yeah, it, it's a it's a very exciting time. Um, the thing with infrared telescopes, we've we've discovered planets um, like Kepler. Um, uh, with that, with the number behind it, EA nine Kepler, EA nine B. The the one that I'm most familiar with is Kepler one eight six F. One eight six F. Okay, but that so. might not be the one you're talking about because I think since we discovered one eight six F, we found a bunch of other cool ones that were way better. But when we found Kepler one eight six F, I think the theory was that it was the most Earth-like planet we'd ever found. And the thing was with terrestrial bodies and with infrared. Uh, the closer a planet orbits around the star, that the stronger that that uh, imprint is going to be. Mm-hmm. So what we believe to be a terrestrial planet could easily be just a burning ball. Yeah. Or it could be a large planet, gas planet, that's burning on one side because it's so close to yeah. the star. We're just taking guesses. Yes. The best we can off of what we got. But uh, I, I love I love the guesses. I love the guesswork. I love um, 
the imagination that comes with new discoveries, you know, even the the cool little Netflix films about people from Kepler coming back to Earth, you know, that's, you know, the the, the whole the whole uh I just saw one. I think that was the pretense. They had uh, escaped Earth because it was uninhabitable or something. Yes. Got to Kepler, couldn't reproduce, so then they had to come back to Earth. They travel like hundred thousand years something yeah. like that in space to just to get back to earth you know yeah which would be around the, the right time with our current technology you know unless we you know can exceed the speed of light you know yeah so yeah it's gonna be grueling yeah <laughs> uh, what do they call that the hibernation chambers or whatever suspended animation or whatever yeah. that's probably something that you'd have to do because you wouldn't have enough oxygen food water to travel that far the ship would have to be way too big so you gotta you gotta take a nap yeah, you'd have to <laughs> make pit stops at some point, different planets, uh, to uh, to try to harvest some some gases and turn them into breathable air. Yeah. You know? uh, maybe find a, a fuel source on other planets in between that can resupply your ship. Um, unless you have these big, brilliant solar cells, and then at that point, still, it's like you know, um, you're not going fast enough. That's only so effective. Yeah. yeah. One of the big missions on the ISS is trying to establish a life support system that is 100% uh, I don't know what you'd call it recyclable or reusable or whatever because if you take you know a hundred units of whatever at the end of the day you still want to have a hundred units of whatever whether that's oxygen water or whatever so they're they're trying to make something that can take an oxygen molecule, allow you to breathe it. You know, you expel your gases and then it turns it back into oxygen. I love it. So far we're at like, I mean, we've gotten really good at this shit, the oxygen scrubbers they use or whatever. And, uh, but it's like, it's like 80%, you know? So you, you, you have to reach a hundred percent in order for it to, you know, do its job. Otherwise you're still going to have to build a huge ship to hold all this stuff. And, and and possibly some some plants, you know. Like, yeah, plants. Uh, yeah, possibly some plants. You know, um, that's something I've seen in a lot of new sci-fi. They take plants with them, right? You know, the Martian. They try to plant out there on, mm-hmm. on Mars. You know, which could work. I mean, you know, that soil is very toxic. You know, from what I've uh, from what I've researched. You know, it's uh, has a a fine dust that if you breathe it, it'll 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 make you sick and eventually it'll kill you. So, right. you know, there's a lot of things we need to work out. But I mean, taking plants is a probably a viable solution. I would love to get some, you know, maybe some people that worked on the James Webb Telescope or, you know, just really wicked smart people that that's all they do and ask them questions. There's a uh, there's a radiation shield that extends off of our polar axis and around the moon. It, it goes that far out, but it is a giant radiation shield that just comes off of the earth from its magnetic forces or whatever. I don't understand it. But what I do understand is that we've never been outside of it. A human has never traveled outside of that magnetic shield that's keeping us from all this really bad radiation. So after a six month trip to Mars, which is, you know, the optimum time, if we catch it at the right orbital path around earth, you got that six month window, you got to put a human in there and now they They've got to deal with that radiation, which you could shield them from on the ship. But once you get them there, there's got to be habitats and stuff already set up. And the bone loss and the muscle degradation, you know, they can't walk. They're not going to be able to walk off that ship. 
So they're not going to be building anything when they get there, right? They're going to need to lay down and just chill for like a month or two and, you know, work out and try to get their shit together. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, hopefully they, they have uh, all their faculties intact. You know, you remember the uh, the twins and the, the one they set up in the space and he came back taller because his spine had decompressed yeah. and decompressed, but he also came back blinder. Right, yeah, there's you know. a huge issue with the, the pressure in the eyeball. Yeah, uh, your From, eyeball is mostly water, you know. Right. It's like, or, or, or mostly water. So you know that there's going to be things that that are affected, you know. And uh, like you said, mu- muscle degradation, um, a, a lot of it, you know. Mm-hmm. And we still don't know what all the effects are because what's what's the record? Like 18 months in space. There was, I think, a woman that had stayed on the ISS for 18 months, and she came back pretty messed up. But I think eventually like recovered from all her infirmities that she incurred through that trip but yeah one of the big things is uh eyesight bone and muscle mass and we gotta we gotta figure that out you know yes yes we do but by the time we figure that out we've got gravity figured out which means we'll probably understand propulsion systems a little better hopefully yeah we could nerd out on this all day i think i think so yeah 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 (laughs) but the the the, what got us on this is we're talking about stephen king and his sci-fi thriller uh series and uh it had a big impact on flow state is what you're kind of going towards i think it 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 definitely is part of my personal narrative okay um I just reading these books at at a certain time in my life where I was looking for meaning, mm-hmm. you know, and so I took that as a very uh, personal message that I wanted to continue to express in song, and so that's what Darkness and Light is about. Awesome, awesome. So, uh, whenever you're ready to release a single, EP, album, whatever, uh, let me know, and I'll make sure that we blast that out. Okay. The the week you do it, I'll talk about it in the intro. The the episode for that week and try to try to give you guys a boost if i can help oh, that's so. that's coming soon so i'll also, definitely yeah. be talking soon about just that. let me know and in fact you can come back on the show if you want you're always welcome on four worth roots so thank you um so let's talk about psychedelic panther this is an event that's coming up uh in april is that right uh yes april 15th through april 17th at okay. the main at south side there's going to be 26 bands from all corners of dfw mm-hmm two stages one outside on saturday and sunday and of course the inside stage there's going to be uh food vendors and art i've tried to reach out to uh our local artist uh to try to uh, support the concept of the psychedelic panther you know and uh, psychedelic panther's more of a nod to the psych bands that that inhabit you know uh dfw so mm-hmm. well cool i just uh put down a book by mark noble's as a local author here and it's the uh fort worth rock and roll roots and uh i i don't know how you would come about this information besides reading this book but fort worth has uh an incredible history with music and i don't think that anybody really thinks that fort worth is like a music capital but it always has been like pretty intricately intertwined with our nation's development uh in the music scene so it's cool to see stuff like this kind of coming back because I, I think Fort Worth uh, largely for for a while has not been uh, thought of as a, a music community but it does seem that it's it's coming around to that and certainly with things like Psychedelic Panther uh, that's just going to enhance that the, the music community here in Fort Worth um, you also mentioned something about y'all are flying in somebody from uh, out of country for this event so um, Apuk the Destroyer which is going to be one of the performers on the second day 
is uh, actually reuniting for this event. It's uh-huh. a very special thing. They're they're flying one of their members in from Serbia uh, to be a part of this event. That is wild. So uh, there's definitely a a rich backstory with them and their contribution. I I wholeheartedly appreciate Matthew Broles for for doing that and and and, and being willing to to participate on that level. That dude's awesome. Yeah, we've, we've had him on the show twice now. And uh, just an all-around good dude. So uh, tell me about this band, because I'm not really familiar with it. And how does this all feed into your event? And what happened to this band? What have they been doing to uh, pass the time? You said this is a reunion, so obviously they haven't played together in a while, right? That's right. Um, they've actually... Uh, um, they're getting back together. Uh, most of these songs are songs that Matthew has... Uh, written on his own so he, he he knows them through and through and it's just up to the members to get back together and relearn this music add the uh the special quirkiness that makes it kind of psychedelic i'm such an asshole this was matthew's band matthew okay <laughs> okay because it's it's the matthew show now that's what he plays under i guess so but this was another band that he was with uh years ago yes okay yes didn't know that (laughs) (laughs) sorry matthew (laughs) so um but that's wild flying somebody in from out of country to come to this event that's really cool there's a lot of serbia what's that guy doing in serbia that's his home huh that's where he's from wow so um and um and uh uh, i'm really grateful uh when i reached out you know you ask and you shall receive you know i reached out to everybody that i knew and the response was something i had never imagined i i didn't think that people would just be down to uh perform at a festival you know without festival circuit compensation you mm-hmm. know but they're all doing this basically because they believe in the vision first which is something incredible coachella or you know uh Lollapalooza status mm-hmm. you know like yeah. we're very small this is our first year so right. you know the the expectation is a little lower and even so, these you know people who are great musicians who have all the clout and, um, and they decide to be a part of it and it, out of goodwill, no, knowing that it's the first year, knowing that um, the the compensation level is going to be lower right. than, than than most would expect. You know, yeah. most touring musicians or, or label affiliated musicians, and so um, and that they believe in the, in the vision first. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do my best to promote it. And make Hell it yeah. worth everybody's time. Yeah, I'm gonna go to uh, put some ads in the weekly here next week, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm on this show. I'm, I am spreading the, the good word of psychedelic panther. Well, we're so glad you're here. So. <laughs> we'll, we'll do everything we can to help you get the word out. Um, it, it's awesome. I'm glad you're doing it, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to having this conversation again at year ten, whenever you're putting it on for the tenth annual show. Absolutely, yeah, me too, me too. Hopefully it grows uh, immensely. Well, you've already got a pretty strong lineup, right? You've got how many bands already signed up for this thing? Uh, 29. Okay, and are you still taking bands, or is that pretty much going to be... I, th- I, think we're, I think we're maxed out right now. Okay. Because, um, logistically speaking, uh, we got to have our last uh, act come on at, at midnight mm-hmm. uh, for, per re- venue standards. So, okay. You know... Which is which is good. We're overbooked. We have ten bands at least a day. So yeah. you know, if on any given day you come, it's gonna be a fe- a face melting experience. <laughs> you know, because uh, you're gonna catch somebody you like. Oh yeah. And and that's the whole point of it is you know well, there's these amazing festivals that you can go to. They have big names and 
the the most current and the most popular and you can go and you have a lot of fun and that's all great there's you know your coachellas there's uh your fortress fest and, and that's amazing but what i'm trying to shine a big bright light on is the vibe okay. that that uh that a psych fest can provide people and i think that that a lot of times that goes understated because in in my experience it it affects different stimuli uh-huh. you know and it'll leave you with a different experience and, right you know not, not saying a, a better or worse experience but definitely a, a different experience which creates right. a a different perception towards that kind of music and that kind of art which uh hopefully creates a different mindset for people okay you know? so the music that's going to be uh showcased at the event is going to be more kind of like what i'm listening to with flow state a little more uh psychedelic chill yeah for the most part um there's some bands that uh are a little heavier they're like garage psych mm-hmm. uh big names like uh uncle toasty are going to be performing and so uh it's a it's a different aspect of it i think um because um the the psych umbrella is actually quite large yeah explain know? that a little bit to me because i'm a little ignorant to it but uh so, i'm sure you could probably define it so so psych music's uh psychedelic music psychedelic rock um has subgenres. Okay. You got neo psych, you got chamber psych, you got so many little offshoots of, of what psychedelia is and, and psych the the thing about psychedelia it's is defined by by the the, the Webster di- uh, dictionary as music that utilizes noise to replicate a uh, like an altered state of of, of being, right? And right. so um that's that's exactly what it is you know it's it's um it's a noisy kind of music that stimulates a certain area of your brain okay you know? At, yeah. uh, to whereas pop pop is deliberately written to hook you in and to make you dance for the most part or it's the sugar it's, of it's uh, sugar. music yeah. yes you know <laughs> um and uh and so many genres have uh, their own purpose and their own way of stimulating us mm-hmm. you know and psych does it uh, to an extent to kind of um alter those brain waves mm-hmm. yeah in my mind and so that's that's the best way i can put it you know um i wish i could remember some of this stuff well enough to cite it but there's all sorts of sound studies that talk about what what you're describing right there just different uh modalities for the brain and uh music and the way it stimulates it so that's uh that's really cool yeah that that's a whole another tangent we can go on you know i i i, I love <laughs> yeah we got time <laughs> i love i love jazz because of that same reason because uh, jazz will actually stimulate um delta waves okay you know, buddhist transcendental music will stimulate gamma waves which is related to our ability to have insight and be in a meditative state gamma so yes gamma okay. waves yes yeah, where does psych fall that I I don't know I I somewhere in between somewhere in between I think you know like it's um it doesn't stimulate the rear brain I can tell you that with a certainty that that's got to be all frontal lobe mm-hmm. you know all all frontal occipital lobe that's what that stimulates now as far as the brain wave itself I got I got to do some research yeah because knowing the exact frequency that I can use to stimulate someone's brain would be a wonderful tool in making music you know what i mean we had a guy on the podcast not too long ago and he's he's got his own show uh but he's a sound guy he goes to these big conventions and sets up all their sound equipment for him and uh he makes music digitally 
and he's got he tried to explain it to me but i'm a dummy and uh but to, to your point and kind of what he's doing too is he's trying to target specific uh waves of music to influence uh emotion or uh yeah like you're talking about there's a, a band that does that a car marconi union okay are they, they're not local are they no i no they're they're not they're not from from around here I, I forget where they're from but um they write music specifically with that in mind as well yeah, so. that's wild that goes into what we were talking about earlier there's stuff that we don't fully understand even about our our own self so yeah you know and uh music is a way of understanding it you know music mm-hmm. is a way for us to connect with everything and it always has been uh, since we were living in caves and mimicking the sounds of nature and banging on simple drums and, and winning logs uh-huh. we're, we're just trying to articulate and express the experience of being yeah you know and so it's it's music is something very very human very very primal and and and, and evolving uh-huh. you know so well this whole thing seems uh and i'm i'm just assuming i'm going out on a limb here but this this all seems kind of spiritual to you it's very spiritual yeah it's a. Uh, it's uh sacred yeah. to me, you know. Uh I've uh there's been times in my life where I've had to well I haven't had to, I've chosen to put a lot of things on hold. Uh I've left in the middle of vacations to come back to record in the studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, Just out of I've got an idea, I gotta go. I gotta get this I gotta get this on uh digits. What's the mission? You know, it's uh, when you when you feel this on a spiritual level, it's like uh, you you feel obligated to do your part, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 to and to put that out, put that out into un- the universe. Yeah, you know? that's just you know, it's um, it's it's meaning and purpose at that point. Yeah, I've heard multiple musicians describe it as um, the the music that they create is not necessarily theirs. Like they're tuning into. Uh, a signal or something they're a conduit in which the universe is using to get this music out to the world through them so it's kind of it's a far out uh woo woo idea but i i like to think of it as as a possibility you know like the universe speaking through somebody and that that art that that they're producing is hardly anything to do about them and more about an energy an undescribed unidentified energy coming through them and allowing them to uh transcribe that that information that they're receiving to the world i think that that's uh completely viable given like i said the, the nature of what music is to us and when you think about it and when you really think about it when you go way back and you think about humans and tribes and shamanic rituals and then the way that they tapped into uh, something beyond themselves while they were in ritual singing or chanting and when you think about how that then became organum music in the church and in Gregorian chanting, there's, you know, actually, I think I want to say in, in Europe, the church was like the first patrons of music. Yeah, so it makes sense. So music has always been a spiritual thing, you know. And I'll, you know, some people may have uh, differing opinions about this. I solely believe that my ability to improve as a musician isn't my own. Uh, I will die on that hill. <laughs> you know, when I wrote Darkness and Light, the song, and I finally executed everything the way it needed to be executed, I felt my uh, 
my grandmother with me in the room, you know, wow. who was the only one that ever believed in me as a musician, you know, and that, that was a very moving experience to, to have. And so, um, yeah, I, I will wholeheartedly attest that music is a, a spiritual thing, you know, at, at a certain point, yes, you learn it. Yes. You'll study the theory and you can become technical, but at a certain point it takes a certain amount of soul to really take that, those tools, that, that, that tools that they have and turn it into something greater than that. Yeah. You know, but you can't do that without the human soul aspect of it. You can't bridge that gap. Yeah. It's quantifiable too. I mean, you can prove everything that you're saying. Uh, one of my favorite videos that, that it, it's different videos, but the same subject will pop up from time to time. You'll have a memory care patient, somebody with, uh, uh, Alzheimer's or another form of dementia where their, you know, their mind is breaking down slowly. And then they'll, uh, they'll, they'll play some music for them. Something that maybe it was their favorite song or, you know, it was played at their wedding or maybe they used to dance. And this was a song that went with a routine that they used to dance to. And, uh, you can see, you can physically see their faces light up their eyes. It's like they're, they're turning on the power switch whenever they do that. And it's, it's creepy. It's, it's a little creepy, <laughs> but it's also amazing. Um, and then, you know, like you're talking about with, uh, religious experiments or <laughs> religious experiences or, or even people at a concert when they're hearing that music and they're really allowing themselves to feel it, you can look at them and see that there's something more going on than just information being received into their ear. You know, there's a physiological, emotional shift. Um, and then the power of it, you know, if you, you see, I don't know why my mind goes to this, but if you see like an army marching through a, a, a thoroughfare down a road or something, and they're all chanting the same thing. I don't know that that's necessarily a, a positive vibe it puts out, but there's power in it, you know, because everybody is step, step. They're all in step. They're all singing the same tune. And that it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a mood changer too. <laughs> so there's some serious power in it and it's quantifiable in a lot of different metrics. Absolutely. You know, and uh, to, to your point, uh, you, you definitely draw power when you, um, when you are musically locked in, whether you're in rhythm or, or you're in cadence, like you said, um, yeah, it's uh, uh it, be, living in music is um, is living in that power, you know, and your your ability as a human to to be humble enough to understand that power is what's going to make you an even better musician, you know, um, your ability to to stay in tune. And not not make things about yourself. That's going to make you a greater musician, right? You know? Get kind of get your ego out of the way. Yeah, we have to. Yeah, you know, there's there's no other way to to communicate any kind of higher message. There's there's no way to write a good song if you have your ego in the way. Yeah, and so I mean, producers can probably do it for you. you know? <laughs> but pr producers aren't even thinking about them. They're thinking about what do people like. You know. Uh -huh. And so, and, and so, great music is uh, without a doubt an egoless journey. Yeah, yeah. Not for all, I don't think. I don't think not for all. I was no. listening to yeah. some uh, commentary about Kanye West yesterday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that dude uh, has the biggest ego, and puts out music. I don't if you like it uh, or not. He he's extremely successful. So. <laughs> well, I mean, Kanye just has a lot of pool, and he's always had a lot of pool. And uh, to his credit, he is a marketing genius. Yeah, yeah. You know, all those things 
that have nothing to do with the music are what made Kanye. Kanye has uh, a lot of writers on each track. Yeah. And it's not just Kanye. Yeah. You know? So it's 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 his image that's popular, not necessarily his music. It's it's what he's been able to to put together. It's image. It's his uh, shoes. It's, it's a full product. Yeah. It's, it's the it's dating the Kardashians. <laughs> it, it's creating all this hype. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and being a part of that reality TV kind of lifestyle and that and, that sugar we were talking about. Yeah. And now he's able <laughs> to sell that to people that you know aren't aren't elevated in thought that 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 believe they can achieve that and they want to be like him and so a lot of this is is based in trend and it's based in um in a lifestyle that's a lie yeah but it's directly opposite of what you were talking about it's kind of why i (laughs) felt like i had to highlight that but yeah i agree with you i think that there's a there's there's a lot of power in uh, removing your ego and that's about the fourth time we've dropped some some serious Buddhist knowledge on everybody, but <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta get yourself out of the way. Uh, let that let that universal uh, information kind of flow through you to get the good shit, the really good deep stuff. I mean, that's what it's about for me. Yeah, you know, so. that's awesome, man. Um, so we got to talk a little bit about you, though. I mean, we've talked about Flow State, we've talked about the event, but where does your story start? Out of Ulysses? I was born in the tropical island of Puerto Rico. Oh really? Yes, that's awesome. I came here at when I was five years old. Um, grew up my whole life. Um, graduated high school, everything, and then uh, uh, I started my music journey when I was fifteen. In my family, there wasn't a lot of support for that. It was yeah. a very conservative, conservative anti music family, uh-huh. especially the music that I wanted to do. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I would go to the backyard, you know, I was I was writing poetry from a very young age and I would go to the backyard and as loud as I could I would be it on the plastic bucket and try to put that poetry into rhythm. Okay. That's how I started. Tuneless voice. Actually tuneless voice for many years. And um that eventually evolved into me getting a guitar what was your first guitar it was a yamaha f5 acoustic um that i had bought by working at mcdonald's do you still have it no 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 i I had to sell many instruments during the years you know i've had a rocky story (laughs) but uh that's what i started writing on and um i had nobody to teach me theory back then it was all learn with your friends or or learn on your own trying to figure it out but uh, I I knew what I wanted out of it, and I knew I knew the things that I wanted to write, and uh, I started hanging out with uh with uh, bands, you know, just good friends of mine that we'd party together, we'd hang hang out together, you know. Uh, I started living on my own at seventeen, so I had the apartment, the crash pad for you know everybody. It's all happening at Joe's house. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and so uh, I learned a lot. I traded a lot of knowledge. I traded a lot of bad habits, you know. But uh, you know, and went on from there. Uh, I started this band. It's just a two-piece um, with a drummer that is in flow state right now. Okay. I started back then uh, when I was a kid, and uh, it's called Red Sun Revolutions. Should we put a link in, in the show notes? Absolutely about that? not. <laughs> 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 and uh, you know, uh, we we played uh, we played a few shows. We were uh, I was always psychedelic, you know, and, and then my my lyrical content has always been 
kind of out there and um, back then I played guitar you know and uh, and while I wasn't very good and, and well he wasn't very good at drums but we that's where it started and we would do the open mics at the top tier of what was originally theater mm-hmm. um, and played just really um, really uh, kind of dungeony places like this place called Dream World that used to exist out in Arlington. You know, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's like a, you know, refurbished uh, warehouse turned into a theater, you know. And uh, and then um, the recession hit and uh, I got desperate and I actually joined the military for four years. Really? I what did. branch did you go to? <laughs> I served in the Navy. Okay. Well, yeah. Thank you for your service, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What'd you do in the Navy? I was an avionics technician. Okay, so this is after 08? This is actually, yeah, after 08. Yeah. So. Avionics terrifies me. Yeah. There's too many things going on there. It did to me too. <laughs> I was, I was a terrible, I was a terrible avionics technician. That's why. <laughs> did you solder? <laughs> I did. Okay. Yeah. Well, you got that down. Put that uh, life skill in your back pocket. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. oh, I won't touch solder. So. <laughs> and so I got out of there in 2013 and, um, that whole experience, you know, uh, actually, the, the fact that I was into music and experimenting with psychedelics and opening my mind on so many levels before the, the military actually prevented me from being a brainwashed kind of guy, you know, a brainwashed, uh, like... Uh, Lemming? Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly, you know, and, and so uh, I took what I could from it, you know, I got, a, uh, got my education in healthcare. You know, and uh, got out of there and started really aggressively pursuing music in 2013. And um, and I was with this band, this punk band called Sharpie, mm-hmm. which is no longer a punk band. They, they, they're still Sharpie, but they they got a, like a doom metal thing going on. And it's really interesting, you know. Uh, they just played a show last night, you know. So I was there seeing, seeing some of the people I hadn't seen in a while. And... Um, and so I uh, I kind of start to reintegrate myself into music. It was Sharpie, and then Reds and Revolutions had a revival after that, <laughs> for better or for worse, <laughs> you know. And then after that, um, I teamed up with these uh, great musicians out of Fort Worth, um, really OG musicians um, from Chihuahua, Mexico. Okay. And they actually had a Spanish rock band in the area that was on uh, Univision called Lunes de Octubre. And so I uh, I teamed up with them and I cr- and we created a industrial or post-industrial uh, rock band which had a lot of potential. <laughs> this is wild. <laughs> it was called Architect Zero, you know, and um, it was very angry kind of like industrial kind of music, you know. Yeah. I was feeling the anger because I had a, a certain kind of outlook whenever... Uh, uh, about eight years ago, whenever uh, the whole Trump thing was going on, you know, and uh, you know, I had I, I felt like I had a lot of things to say, you know, even though the the reality of it is, you know, it's 2022, our society is still living, you know, it's you know, in in poverty and surviving off a of dinosaur shit in the ground, you know, so you know, yeah. um. Every, not a lot of change, right? Not a lot of change, and, and regardless and, of who's in office, <laughs> regardless, you know, and that's when you start to see the pattern, and you start to realize, okay, well, you know, these people that we supposedly elect—not really, but you know, supposedly, you know—are just there to put a face 
to the to the system the that, bullshit yeah doesn't work that's really just like kind of controlled by you know the uh corporations and, yeah. and 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 the money flow you know the more i talk to people and um i tell people all the time this show will never be political yeah. i just sat down with the guy and we recorded like an hour long very political episode that i'm still trying to figure out what i'm going to do with <laughs> <laughs> yeah well let me let me stay off the politics but anyway so i was very political in that band you know and uh well, and that wasn't to shut you down. I was just yeah. trying to reinforce your point. <laughs> what what I was getting to is that a lot of people that I talk to are coming around to your way of thinking, and it's where my headspace has been for about a decade now. It doesn't really matter who's in office. This thing is steering itself with nobody at the wheel, and there is no change. It's just getting worse. So it it makes me feel better to hear people like you say that is what the point I was trying to get to. But well, on up on the up and up, we have all the technology as humans that we need to do things right. We know what we need to do. You know, we we know that at some point we got to go tell ExxonMobil to fuck off, you know, and we, we, we need to install solar cells on every roof and we need to become self-sustainable. We, we can't have regulations on who collects rainwater, Yeah. you know, and, uh, and there's so many things that we're doing wrong because people want to get paid. Right. And that's, that's silly to me. Yeah. You know, a lot of different ways we could be going about it if, <laughs> yes. if the dollar was not the the object exactly you know and a lot of the clean green energy sources that they're talking about aren't sustainable because they're trying to make money off of it if we put solar panels on houses and windmills in neighborhoods and reduce the amount of line between transmission and use source problem solved but we put these giant windmills out in fields and charge people as much as we can and make it a profit uh, you know, a money machine rather than just solving the problem. And where does that get a snowpocalypse 2021, right? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't work. Yeah. You know. Well, and I don't know how you feel about nuclear power, but that is still to this day the greenest thing that we could possibly be doing for ourselves. <coughs> You've got these countries like India and other developing nations that are producing a shit ton of the pollution that everybody's concerned about. The U.S. is actually doing pretty good. But these, these up-and-coming industrial countries, they're, they're worried about how they're going to get basic uh, uh, services to their people. You know, they've had explosions in their population and have not advanced nearly as quickly as we have. So whenever you tell them, like, hey, you got to stop burning coal, you got to stop using these fossil fuels, you, you, need to, you need to think green. They're just like, okay, yeah, <laughs> who's going to pay for that? But if we had, like, a a standalone organization that handled nuclear power and a, a completely separate division that just set up nuclear power in some of these developing nations and, and made it a realistic, achievable thing. Like, okay, your power situation, that's solved. Will you stop dumping all your trash in the ocean now? Things like that. If we worked on it as a global unified entity, we could do something about it. I think so. Uh, you know, I think once again that... uh that dollar sign really reigns in, in mm -hmm. that conversation. We, like I said, we had the technology. Check out hydrogen ion fusion. So it's a scaled down nuclear reactor. Okay. You can make it the size of a, a room in the building. It'll keep the entire building powered forever. Wow. You know, um, it's a self sustaining, what do they call that? Perpetual energy system. Yes. And it's clean burning. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's minimal waste. So you can have it in a basement, like, you know, a few a few dozen feet underground and 
it can power this building. You don't have to even be on the grid. There was a company that was developing a box, and it might have been what you're talking about, but it would literally power a home for 100 years. It would take up hardly any space, and it wouldn't cost you anything. And that was the problem. And as soon as I heard about it, I stopped hearing about it. You know what I mean? There's so many shitty stories like that. There was a guy that developed a 500-mile-per-gallon gasoline engine. This was... (laughs) 40, 50 years ago. And uh, GM bought the plans for it, locked it up, never heard from it again. About 20 years <laughs> about twenty years ago, and maybe I'll send you the, the YouTube link later, about 20 years ago, there was uh, a gentleman that uh, turned an electric engine into something that was perpetual. Mm-hmm. You know, and he died under mysterious circumstances. So there's, what, there's a lot of stories like was that. Was he friends with Hillary? I don't know. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Who knows, but... Somebody didn't like him. There's so much weird shit going on. I mean... Can't keep up. But I think the the, the <laughs> bottom line is, and I keep coming back to this, um, I, I, I don't subscribe to any particular religion, but I do know that this wasn't just... This didn't, didn't just happen, you know? Uh, you, can, you don't need the James Webb Space Telescope to see that. You don't even need the Hubble. <laughs> you know, you can look up in the stars uh, as you're riding around on this dirt spaceship convertible top uh, careening around our star and realize that this had to be somebody put this together and all the religions that you look at uh, the two themes that are in every single one of them are love and gratitude and I think that if we could get people off the sugar away from the Kanye West and pop culture bullshit and off of the the mainstream media nipple and just start thinking for themselves and start operating with a little more love and gratitude, I think we'd be in a lot better place. I think so. And I, I think um, what we need is um, to start in communities. You know, we need a, a collaborative effort. You know, we need for people to get off Facebook and go meet together mm-hmm. and you know, go work together and, and go build things together. You know, um, it, it's funny, you know, people like to talk a lot of smack on Facebook, but people aren't really that mean a person they're, they're willing to talk to you they're, they're willing to work with right, you you know right. we go to work uh, in offices and and uh, warehouses all the time with people that might think different and we're able to talk it out yeah you know and so i, I think i think the uh the issue here is we're letting a, a lot of a lot of the hype divide us you know mm-hmm. it's a weird it obsession man you see it all the time like even with this ukraine thing i i won't allow myself to even pay attention to it uh, because first and foremost, if anything pops off with Russia in the U.S., it would be so bad that there's nothing you can do about it. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> but secondly, you know, a uh, very powerful meme I saw the other day, uh, it was the coronavirus uh, depiction was walking out the exit door and a big rocket with Russia <laughs> on the side of it was walking in the, the indoor, you know, then right. the two doors that they're walking in and out of were on a wall of the, the global map, you know, but, but it, 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 it's just one thing after another. What are we going to occupy our community's minds with today? Well, now it's the Ukraine thing. What can we divide them over? Yeah. You know, and, and, and you know, 99% of the people making comments about Ukraine on Facebook or any other social media platform couldn't identify the thing on a fucking map. So, you know, don't, don't, don't pretend like you care and don't pretend like you know what's going on. Yeah, Stop letting the media tell you what to think today. Yeah, first find out where Chernobyl is, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, uh, but, but yeah, you know, I, that's where it starts is communities, you know, and, uh, coming together and intelligently and in an organized manner, 
uh, Psychedelic Panther is a small demonstration of reaching out across scenes, getting people from Denton and Dallas and Fort Worth to come together and, and, and be unified as one and participate as one for like this higher vision. And if we can do that with music, we can do that with anything. Yeah. Well, it happens on an individual level too, right? Like people have to make the conscious effort to decide what they're going to allow their where they're going to allow their minds to go and, you know, what actions they're going to take on an individual level. Right. Yes. But I love, I love your vision. I love where you guys are headed. It's going to be great to watch you guys grow. Uh, this event I know is a big deal for you and I'm going to do whatever I can on my part to help you get the word out. Um, but congratulations, man. This is, this is big. This is a big thing. Thank Who you. Who else Thanks helping so you with this? Are you doing this on your own? I have to give credit to Alan Brown and Ryan Higgs okay. of Mass um, and Spoon, uh, um, and uh, uh, the artist that, that decided to participate. I got a uh, Carly Elsie, who's like a great stencil artist. She's like the next Banksy, you know. Okay. Meets like Andy Warhol and uh, Trisha Morris, uh, Matthew's wife. Yeah. Um, and uh, she's been on the show. Yes, love her. She and uh, Juan Cornejo, who's okay. uh, with a Project Zero Art. I hope I hope I said it right. If not, let me know. <laughs> Correct it in the show notes. And um, and um, the vendors making this happen. Uh, big thanks to Dallas Observer, who's interviewed me and is going to be putting this out in Dallas. Uh, and um, and and everybody, everybody's support. You know, um, it was really unforeseen. Yeah. You know, uh, the bands that said, "Yeah, we'll do it." You know. And bands that you know, bands that are doing it without asking for like a five hundred dollar guarantee or something <laughs> crazy <laughs> like that. <you> know? <laughs> Listen, I work at a carport plant. I can't pay that much. <laughs> so, Real talk, yeah. You know, uh, you know, and 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 they're in it, you know. But you know, they will be compensated. You know, it's, it's going to be a big thing, and there should be enough. There should be enough coming back for what we put in you know i sincerely believe that and so you know uh, but that's it's more than that there should be um enough of, of an experience to set a trend mm -hmm. so we can start doing this more often in other in other in other communities and around dfw and and um so that there's that collaborative spirit so that Denton bands feel comfortable reaching out to Fort Worth bands, vice versa, reaching out to Dallas bands, vice versa, you know, and, and creating a stronger um, network in, yeah. that, in that sense. Awesome, man. Yeah. Very cool. Well, um, before we get out of here, I, I think if I was listening to this podcast, the, one of the things I'd be thinking about is uh, your psych psychedelic journey here. Yeah. Uh, you've, you've kind of, you've mentioned it briefly. Um what uh what can you tell me about that i will tell you this um so uh, as i said before i started experimenting with psychedelics when i was uh, younger a lot younger in my teens you know late teens and uh that microdosing psilocybin mm -hmm. is a big time medicine yeah i've heard that there's a lot of studies right now yeah it's very popularized at the moment it um it helps you to declutter your mind from from a lot of negative thought, it, it you know if you have like a GABA deficiency and you're you're depressed. Did you say a GABA? GABA is like a chemical in the brain. Okay. Um, it'll help you regulate that. I mean, it doesn't cure a GABA deficiency, but it helps you work around that. And it gives you intense focus whenever you microdose. It gives you intense focus uh, 
to me, I was uh, on the fence for a long time about doing the uh, the festival, and I, I microdosed for three months straight. And whatever fence I was on, that fence disappeared. Yeah. You know, not only did I, did I lose a fear of of reaching out and, and asking the universe for things and things to happen, you know, I allowed it. You know, at, at a certain point, as a human being, you have the tools and everything you need to complete yourself and your vision and. And at a certain point, you have to allow those things to enter your, your life. Sometimes we are our own worst enemies because we put on our own blinders and we, we raise our own walls against things. And so my experience is, you know, the more I microdosed, the, the more clarity I had, uh, the more those walls and those blinders start to fade. And the more I realized that I was inhibiting myself. Yeah. So um, it's a big time medicine. Not only has it helped me put together psychedelic panthers, helped me in my personal life as far as uh, finding a, a sense of self-belief. And uh, I recommend it to anybody. And I think that it should be legal. I, I make no apologies for that. Okay, <laughs> all right. I think that it should be legal. You know, Colorado's already had the game. So if you're listening and you're a uh, Texas lawmaker, I, I hope that you take that to heart. <laughs> and I hope that you try this big medicine and I hope that, uh, that it changes your life as well because it's not a poison, it's a medicine. It's only a poison based on a dose, and it's really hard to overdose on psilocybin mushrooms. It's got to be close to impossible, right? I mean, you have to. It's. I mean, you, you can get yourself pretty messed up if you like eat like two ounces at once. You know what I mean? But I mean, you know, nobody's gonna do that. Everything in moderation. You know. And, uh, <laughs> you know. Kill yourself a lot easier on alcohol, right? Yeah. So. Let's say you did. Let's say you eat five grams, and you have a transcending experience, and you talk to God. You, you come back the next day. Yeah. I mean, like you come back eight hours later and, and you'll be better for it. Yeah, you, you, you will have sword something. It'll leave you with something. Same thing with acid. You know, acid is a great tool if you don't consume too much of it. Um, I did acid uh, when I was in Vegas. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was Hopefully a, you weren't on Fremont Street. Jesus. It was a whole hundreds Thompson experience, but I went to this uh interactive art exhibit called Meow Wolf. Meow Wolf? Meow Wolf. <laughs> and it you go in there and into this big building and there's like a storefront where you go in and you start getting close to the projects and you start to see that there are these bizarre, crazy things that are crazy takes on, on normal average day things so you get close to the soda and it's just like shrimp soda has a shrimp on it and you're just like what is this you know you get close to like the detergent bottles and they have little legs on them you know of course I was on acid so and everything looked even more crazier to me do you I have got, friends with you? yes yes you're, I did leaning over to them like hey does that uh, detergent have legs? exactly I did yeah <laughs> and um, I went to the to the uh, cooler section you open the doors and there's this hallway into this uh room of optical illusions and uh -huh. it just goes on and on from there you know and there's exhibits where a lot of alex gray stuff was was you know on the walls uh -huh. and there was stuff similar to that there was um i'll, I'll send you some videos uh, yeah, yeah for sure yeah, but yeah uh, it was it was a uh, it was a whole experience you know there's there's interactive displays where you, uh, you touch the display you look into it and the display acts like it's like taking your soul energy and then like making it into art 
It's, Damn. it's hard to explain, but, but I, yeah. I did all that on acid. You know? Sounds pretty advanced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm ignorant to that world. Um, I am absolutely fascinated by it every time I hear people talk about it. Because, you, you know, everybody that does speak intelligently about it, not, not as if it's a party drug, but something for introspective thinking and, uh, at, you know, medicinally. When people start talking about it like that, my ears perk up because, you know, the the, the ongoing bullshit out of big pharma that uh you know everybody knows is wrong and and then you hear stories about alternatives that uh you know big pharma could never capitalize off of the way they do other drugs well there are well-published um medical minds that attest to the benefits of psychedelics you could just read any timothy leary book uh-huh. or terence mckenna I'm, i i love terence mckenna and um smart dude yes who's the uh psilocybin expert that's always on the rogan podcast i can't think of his name i don't know you know what i'm talking about he's got a mushroom <laughs> hat he wears everywhere it's uh, a it's it's like a fedora but it's a hundred percent made out of a uh psilocybin mushroom whatever it's pretty cool he's a he's a wild dude i gotta look that up yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> well joe thanks for being on the show man um and uh, maybe we could do a whole episode on psychedelics sometime. I I would love that. Yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, sounds come, good. Come yeah. prepared. Just let me know. Maybe uh, maybe we'll do it after your your big show. We can talk about your show, how that went, uh, things we could have done better, things that went great, and uh, <laughs> psychedelic trips. Sound good? Sounds amazing. Where can everybody find you? I've got your link tree. I'm going to add that to the show notes. Uh, what are you on fa- on Facebook and Instagram and all that? On Facebook. We are, hold on, let me get the right information. So, on Facebook. You're like me, I don't have it memorized. We're Fort Worth Roots on everything, but I don't know the exact links. On Facebook, it's um, at flowstatemusic.us. Okay. On Instagram, we are at flowstateband. Okay, perfect. And then I'll put your link tree in there. Y'all don't have like a a website? You just use your your link tree in your band camp? For now, yeah, yeah, I'm building the website. Um, I had to uh, shift focus to uh, to the festival. I, yeah. bu- I built a website for Saw that. Saw that, yeah. So the website for the festival and to purchase tickets, it's uh, www.psychedelicpanther.com. You'll see uh, three different uh, ticket links you can purchase for any day. You can also purchase a complete weekend pass on uh, pre-Kindle for $30.00. For the whole weekend. Yes. Now we do have a rival festival in Denton who's charging seventy five dollars for a weekend uh for a weekend pass and forty dollars for a day pass. So weigh that out. <laughs> Decide which one you want to go to. Come on, Denton. My feelings won't be hurt. <laughs> seventy five for Denton or thirty for Fort Worth. You 30, do the math. Thirty to see some amazing bands uh, I will vouch for. And yes, you yep. have some of the best fans around. So I think we've got a pretty good connection with the Fort Worth music community yeah. and some in the DFW area. And uh, for those of you that are listening, uh, let's check this out. Let's uh, let's show some support. This is a first time event uh, that Joe's putting on for you out here. And um, the, the bigger the turnout is, is, is going to directly determine his success for the next year's event. So, because you are going to do this annually now, right? That is the goal, is yeah. to, to build it bigger and bigger if, if, if possible every single year. Yeah. $30 for a weekend pass. Yes. You can't beat that. No, it's it's absolutely wonderful, you know, and the, and the getting the getting is good right now. So. Yeah. All right, Joe, man, thank you again. Thank and you, so uh, you got to come back, okay? I will. You're, you're a absolutely. sincerely interesting dude, so I want to keep this going. Yes, sir. All right, Fort Worth Roots, thank you, and we will see you next Monday. Mm-hmm.
A huge thank you to our new friend, Joe. Joe, thank you for being part of Fort Worth Roots. We're rooting for you on this event, Psychedelic Panther, April 15th through the 17th at Maine at Southside. 29 bands, two stages, food vendors, art vendors. Uh, and the, the big highlight for us is Apuk the Destroyer. I'll try to put that in the show notes. But this is a reunion uh, with one of Matthew Broyles, I guess, old bands. And they are flying in one of the old uh, band members from Serbia. How cool is that? Anyway, I hope you get a chance to check this out. Uh, Psychedelic Panther on Facebook as an event. I don't know that it's a page. If you can't find it, just go to Fort Worth Roots uh, Facebook page, and we will be putting all their information out there uh, to help you find it. Again, that's April 15th through April 17th. Go out there, show your support. This is the first time uh, that they're getting this thing together, but they're going to try to do this annually. So just another great way for you to go out and support these artists. You won't be just supporting Joe. You won't just be supporting Psychedelic Panther or Main at Southside. You'll be supporting the 29 bands that'll be playing on the two stages, the food vendors, the art vendors. And I know he listed off how much it was uh, in this episode. I did not write that down, but it is cheap. And you get an all-day pass or you get a all-weekend pass to see all the bands play. So however you want to do it, you got to check that out. River Oak Spring Fest Car Show. I'm sorry, but if you will all email me and tell me that you're coming to please shut up about it, I'll stop. But until then, River Oak Spring Fest Car Show, Saturday, April 30th. Address is 6200 Sand Springs Road, Fort Worth, Texas, and it's going to be a blast. I really want you guys to come out there and at least just, you know, give me 30 minutes. Come say hi, check it out. You're going to be blown away at, at Camp Carter, like this unheard of gym just tucked back in the trees. I've never seen it. I have driven up and down that road out the backside of that military base for nine years of my life. And I never knew this was here. I knew Burgers Lake was there, which is another little attraction right down the street. But I didn't know there was more behind that. And there is. It's like 360 acres. It's crazy. Um, And this is going to be benefiting the Friends of the River Oaks Animal Shelter. You like Degs? I know you do. So anyway, it's for a good cause. Um, And... Man, you want to keep stuff like this alive. YMCA Camp Carter, they need your support too. I mean, I don't know how you keep something like that uh, alive uh, that's that well hidden. I mean, nine years in the area, uh, coming up on 14 years for Fort Worth, and I just did not know that that was there. So anyway, it's going to be a good time. You're not just doing this out of the goodness of your heart. It's going to be a blast, and it's free. So come check that out. Take a picture with me and then walk over to the Oscar Mayer Wiener Mobile and take a picture with that. That'll get you some laughs, some <laughs> some Facebook attention, maybe your Instagram or your TikTok. Anyway, I'm being ridiculous. Squad STX, go check that out. That's a great way to spend some time with your boys. Uh, again, that's ages 10 through 16. And you can find all that information at squadstx.com. All right, now this was an extra episode. I... You know, I'm, I think I'm releasing this on Thursday. Here it is Wednesday. I'm sitting here doing the final editing on the 30th. And I want to have this released to you on the 31st. If all goes well, then that'll happen. But I have to kind of squeeze these extra episodes in because I'm, I'm trying to get faster at these, which means you're going to find probably more mistakes. Um, I, I've already found a few areas where I've dropped the ball. I'm not going to tell you, but you can use that as like an Easter egg hunt and then message me when you find them. Media at fortworthroots.com is our email. So, But you already knew that, didn't you? Yeah, you did. I see you rolling your eyes. Come on, quit it. Um, that's it, right? I forget anything? 
River Oaks, April 30th. Just come say hi. Okay. There's goats out there too. Um, there were three goats in the pen. And I think the one that has a sign still up was named Trixie. And uh, I ran into a gentleman out there. I can't find his name. I don't know what I did with this card. Anyway, I ran into a guy out there and he was telling me that there's actually three goats in that pen, but the other two signs have been eaten. So Trixie's the only one that has a sign up. Goats will eat anything. I might be half goat. Anyway. All right. That's it. Uh, again, Thursdays, if you see an episode come out on a Thursday, that is an extra episode. We are still a Monday release podcast. I am going to make sure and guarantee you one episode a week, and they come out on Mondays on all platforms. Spotify, Stitcher, what are the other ones? You probably know them by now. Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, Ghana. Ghana is an Indian, uh, I don't know, it's Indian-based, India. Uh, Amazon Music, Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, YouTube. There's more. I don't have them all in front of me, but they're all out there. And then, if you would, if you have time, look at you. You're, you're one of the champions sticking in here to the very end to listen to me babble. You like this show. Since you like this show, and since you're always on social media, scroll on over to uh, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Just do it. Next time you're sitting on the toilet, letting your legs fall asleep. Yeah. Just go to Facebook or any of the other ones. Type in Fort Worth Roots and uh, like our page. Follow it. Um, I use these platforms mainly just to tell you about events that are coming up uh, from our our friends, our guests that have been on the show. So it's uh, selfishly, yeah, I want you on there to, to help us grow the podcast. But, you know, uh, the other side of it is you're helping out these artists, helping me sp- spread the word for these artists that uh, come on the show and, and tell us about their events. So some of them are extremely active and then some of them, you know, they only do one, two, three shows a month sometimes so and if you have guested on the show um and you don't see your stuff popping up on the fort worth roots facebook page holler at me let me know like hey bro what's the deal it's not because i'm not trying to put your stuff up it's because i'm not seeing it so um tag me tag fort worth roots in your post if you're trying to get the word out there um or you know send it to me in a message or something uh isis theater has been really good about that uh, hitting me up, direct messaging me on uh, Instagram and Facebook saying, hey, here's an event. And I just turn around and share it because I love that theater. I appreciate our guests. And um, I have no problem making sure that you, the listener, are aware of what's going on here in our backyard. So there you go. There's the whole spill, the whole thing. Thank you so much for listening. Um, and I will see you Monday. All right. Peace. Peace.